The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. I'm delighted to welcome to the show today, Kate Montana, who's written a beautiful book, very entertaining and and, uh, easy read, but but very significant book called Unearthing Venus. And as you know, I have a strong belief that this particular radio show has within it its own consciousness. And there are often themes that emerge over a period of time. And since the new year, there is no doubt that the theme that is (coughs) emerging is the embodying of the real, true, authentic, sacred feminine. And I have a number of guests, starting with Judy Guadalupe next week, uh, last week, sorry, and Kate today, uh, Sarah Beek in a couple of weeks' time, where we are really beginning to understand consciously what the sacred feminine really is. And last week, uh, Venus had been in the underworld for a couple of weeks, and she returned uh, last Friday, uh, into the morning sky, and, and I saw her for the first time uh, yesterday morning, absolutely beautiful, like a headlight in the eastern sky just an hour before sunrise, but while, the, while it's still dark enough to, to be seen. And so all this energy that is building around the return of the sacred feminine is encapsulated in Kate's book, Unearthing Venus. So I'm delighted to have the opportunity to talk to Kate today. So welcome, Kate. Thank you, Peter. It's wonderful to be on the show. I'm always um, interested for our listeners to hear how uh, uh, the particular guests in any one weeks, how their spiritual world, how their awakening took place. So give us a a little brief uh, encapsulation of how that all began for you. Um, (laughs) That's an interesting question, and it's actually got several chapters to it when you say awakening. Um, My first glimmer of um, th- there was another realm besides the physical realm to um, beat myself up in and and strive and struggle and and do the career and the job and the and the house with the two foreign cars in the garage and and all of that was when I was thirty because I had done what my parents 
and all my teachers um, had advised I do by the time I was 30. Um, I had been a good girl and gotten good grades and gotten a, a degree at college and I'd started a career and was doing very, very well in network television as an, as an editor. And I was married to Mr. Wright and we did. We had the car and the, the two foreign cars in the garage and the nice house and the swimming pool in the backyard. And I was miserable. <laughs> and so that that was the first wake up call that there was something going on that the prescription and the formula that I'd been handed uh, when I was born in 1951 was not the ticket to fulfillment that I had been raised to expect. And so at that point, um, uh, that was my first entree into looking for something more than what had been provided in my own um you know, background being raised in the Episcopal Church half-heartedly and, <clears throat> and being exposed to Catholicism by not being put in a Catholic convent school for high school. Um, so none of that seemed to be the answer. So the awakening came and I went within and, and spent many, many years um, on a personal search uh, like so many of us, it, taking so many different directions. And then the second, the second wave if, of awakening, if you will, um, came when I when I started writing Unearthing Venus um, back in 2010, and the questions around the male female dynamics, gender questions about well, what is the feminine that was kicked into gear when I was um, working as a newspaper reporter, and I did an interview with a man, and we ended up talking about gender dynamics and tribes in the, in South America, and that uh, that conversation, that one conversation, um, awakened in me a whole new level of spiritual journeying, but it was. Is kind of like turning around in a certain it was kind of like turning around and coming back into myself as a woman and looking at myself on earth um you know I'd, I'd spent the first 30 years of my spiritual search you know looking out there to god and all of a sudden um i was turned around in my tracks and had to come back to earth and into myself so when you say gee tell me about tell me about your spiritual awakening it's had so many chapters and so many verses to it peter and that's what's neat about the book because as as i was reading the book i could see i could see how where this was going but I didn't know how you were going to get there, but I could see these steps unfolding. Um, let's talk about the American dream just for a minute. Could you talk about that in the book? And, and you thought that you'd, as so many other people in the Western world did, that you were doing all the right things and you were accumulating all the uh, wonderful things of life. And you were also operating as a woman very much in your work in a man's world. So just, just tell our listeners what that was like for you. Well, it was incredibly fulfilling, Peter. I There was never a time growing up when I didn't feel driven to be as good as the guys. And, I mean, I, I did it. I played with the guys on the on the guys' athletic fields in, at school. And, and I uh, was raised on a farm, and we had a lot of, you know, extra farm help, all guys, during the summer. And I was always competing with them to see, you know, who could collect some more hay bales and throw the hay, heavy hay bales higher on the wagon. And, and then when I got into um, the work world, I, I fell into television production. And within three years, had um, equally, fortuitously, and serendipitously um, gotten hired by the um, by ABC Sports to uh, work as a as an editor uh, for Monday Night Football, 
Um, that was back in 1977. And so very, very early on, I was in head over heels in a totally male-dominated um, electronic engineering, production engineering, um, broadcast engineering. It was all men, Peter. And so there, and then I'm doing sports production telecasting, live sports telecasting, which is just like, it's the creme de la creme. It's the, the, the peak of, you know, being working with Howard Cosell. And, and it was all that high pressure and, and high profile. And it was always me and like a 40 man crew out on the road. <laughs> so, so when, so when you were out on the road with that 40 man crew, and, and I guess in many ways you had to succumb to the expectation of that crew were you aware at that time that you were in some ways uh, having to um, put your feminine part aside or were you just doing it I was just doing it um, I, I, as I say I was always so driven from an early age to perform in a man's world and to you know kind of beat the guys at their own game I, I never even thought about anything that I was putting aside to do that. It was like the masculine game and competition and money and career and high power, high profile living was the only was the only card that counted. It was the only it was the only game that counted. And I didn't even know that there were other games that didn't count. <laughs> so, so, so what so what happened uh, when you were thirty? Um, I got a divorce. My marriage fell through. Um, and I had been on the road for, oh God, you know, like five, six years with the networks. And I was, I was getting tired. It's a, it's, it was, you know, on a you know jet plane a couple of times a week, flying to conferences and, and, you know, and doing all night editing things in the truck. And it was just so high pressure. I was just really getting tired. And I, and I was starting to get this glimmer that there's a whole other way of operating and being that there, that there was such a word as being rather than doing. And so I went back to school and I worked my way through um, my master's degree in humanistic psychology. I became very, very interested in consciousness, human consciousness. What did we know? You know, what did we know about the human mind and how we operate? And um, so I, I, I worked my way through my master's degree and came out the other end um, knowing a lot of left brain statistics about, about consciousness and having a glimmer of the more holistic um, integrating states that meditation could bring. And it was at that point that um, I ended up um, just, I was 30, I was 33 at that point. I, I went to the woods. I just said, that's it to society. And I, I rented, um, a little stone cabin in the middle of the North Georgia mountains on 80 acres in the middle of nowhere. Um, for $25 a month, the cabin didn't have running water, didn't have heat, and it didn't have, it didn't have even electricity when I first moved in. So, there was so a, I did a lot of meditating. <laughs> right. So wasn't there a car crash involved at some point as well? There was. That was when I was 30. That was what, you know, with the whole dissolution of my marriage, um, I hit, well, I literally hit a wall. Um, I was doing a lot of drinking and a lot of cigarette smoking. You know, be, being on with the, with the guys and, and um and you know we we would do the sports plays during the during the day, and afterward we'd go to the sports bars and and critique every other network's you know <laughs> sports coverage at night. And so I did. I was just a hard driving, hard drinking, potty mouthed being. 
So in the, uh, in the alchemy, <laughs> in the tradition of alchemy, what happened to you there is what's called calcination, where yes. everything that you thought was right, you just, just disappears and dissolves away. And you end up with just this very dry powder, which mm-hmm. takes you down to the absolute basic essence of who you really are, which is why you went to the woods to spend the next period of time to discover who you actually were. So tell us a bit about that experience. That must have been an incredible shift for you from that very active, pressured lifestyle to absolute stillness and quiet in the woods. Oh, God, it was bizarre. It was wonderful. It was intoxicating. I'd been raised on a farm, so nature had always been my grounding rod. And it was the only place I knew to go um, at that point. And so... I'll tell you one funny story. It was about six months into my whole adventure, and none of my friends could, they didn't have a clue. What the heck is she doing in the woods, for God's sake? And and I would talk to them. I'd say, oh, I'm having this wonderful time. I just rise with the sun, and I meditate, and I sit by the river and the waterfall, and, and I go to sleep with the sun when it sets, and it's all very idyllic. And, and um, But I, I was feeling so, I was feeling sick. I was tired. I was so tired, Peter. And so, you know, and I would tell my friends, and they'd say, well, why don't you go get a checkup at the doctor? And so I finally was feeling so bizarre. I was like, okay, I'm going to make an appointment with the doctor, get some blood work done. I'm, I'm sure I have chronic fatigue syndrome, which is no big surprise after what I've been living. And about a week before my appointment, I'm meditating or trying to meditate is much more like it. Um, and all of a sudden this thought popped. I realized that I wasn't sick and I wasn't tired. I was relaxed. <laughs> I, I I didn't know the difference. I didn't know what relaxed felt like. Wow. Amazing. So, yeah, totally amazing. So, 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 so going from that lifestyle to quiet, still meditation must have been a, a challenge in itself. It was a tremendous challenge. I didn't have TV. I didn't have radio. I didn't have um, – I had – inherited some money so I had I was gifted with the opportunity to just chill out and divorce myself from everything that I'd spent the first 33 years of my life focused on and I started I I cracked my kundalini um, centers and very very swiftly and started having out-of-body experiences um, which I wasn't prepared for I didn't even know about out-of-body experiences Um, I didn't I had a lot of astral visitations that were from lower astral entities that were incredibly terrifying. I mean, I would I would be pulled, I, I could feel hands all over my body and hear shrieking voices in the distance and, and I'd be pulled out of my body and I'd be thrown into slime bogs and cemeteries and, and pits and I, I, you know, with monsters. It was, it was unbelievable. And here I'd just graduated with my master's degree in psychology. So I went back to my, I went back to my, um, advisor at school and, and I and I briefly described a little bit of what I was going through and I said, Look, do you know, you know, who can you advise me to go to? So he sends me to the best shrink in Atlanta and I sit on his couch and do an hour um freebie up front, you know, to get a, a an assessment. And I tell him about my out of body experiences and my visions and, and this, that and the other thing. And I'm kinda like really jazzed by the end of lying there talking to this guy and, and it was this beautiful opulent office with bars on the windows and padded walls and <laughs> and he's sitting there clicking his gold Waterford pen, you know, and and at the end of that hour, I was just like, wow, I really get it. I am a healthy, vibrant, you know, spiritually awakened person, and I am just 
this is cool. So anyway, so I turned to so the Kate, doctor. Kate, just, yeah. uh, hold, just hold up there for a minute. We're going to take our break, and we're, I'm okay. looking forward to hearing how this <laughs> unfolds next. <laughs> it's Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. is the seventh wave channel on the voice america network do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life come and join our heart-centered community with peter tongue and sherry chase embrace love abundance integrity and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Being Outside the Box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality, winning the lottery, waiting for your prince, princess to come, even being healthy? Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply, and what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Waldrop for tools to being outside the box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, with all of the information of the work we do. Uh, the newsletters and the radio shows are all there. And also an opportunity, if you click on the events page, uh, to go to my weekly Thursday morning meditations, which we are now recording for you to listen to either live or archived. Um, and we are doing, as I always do, a current um energetic connection to what is happening in the astrological and earth energies at this time and from my perspective i'm very aware of a a shift in the light since venus returned uh, after her time in the underworld and the sun's magnetic pole shift and so i'm feeling that there is this wonderful opportunity for us to embrace and bring the sacred feminine back into our lives on a very full embodied uh, energy pattern. And so we'll be working with that uh, over the next few weeks in meditation. So pitatongue.com on the events page, click on and you can join us for our weekly meditations. 
I have with me today Kate Montana, who's written a great book, very entertaining, very interesting, and very uh, important in terms of this re-emergence of the sacred feminine. The book is called Unearthing Venus. And just before the break, Kate, you were lying on the psychiatrist uh, couch. <laughs> uh, tell us how that goes next. <laughs> oh, God. So it's so funny. And this is just so, so perfect, uh, an example of the masculine um, paradigm uh, enculturation that we've been, minds that we've been raised in versus where we're going with Venus rising. So I'm lying on the shrink's couch and I sit up and I look at him all happy and I go, well, what do you think? And he just looks at me, clicks his Waterford pen a few more times, and then says slowly, well, I think we should um, start with three um, um, visits a week for about six months to a year, and then we'll reevaluate. And when he said that, you know, I just graduated from school with my master's degree in psychology, and I knew that it was an instant, you know, in the back of his mind, he thought I was either psychotic, schizophrenic, or both. And, you know, and it was just like this stake through my heart. It was just like, oh, my God, I'm sick. There's something wrong with me. So profoundly wrong that this guy who charges $225 an hour for counseling back in 1984 or 5, um, you know, wants me three times a week. So anyway, I just, you know, my out was that I couldn't possibly afford that much. And I told him so. And he said, well, so how much, you know, can you afford? And I just like threw out a figure. It's like, oh, I don't know, $25 an hour because I knew he wouldn't go for that. And he just... He just snapped his appointment book open and said, great, how about next Monday at 3? And I was just like, oh, my God. So I said, well, listen, I'll think about it. I went out to my car. It was raining. I was depressed. I sat in the rain for about 20 minutes just going, oh, my God, I'm sick. And then at that point, I just kind of I drove to the mall, and, and I had a nice lunch, and I had a couple of margaritas, and I did some shopping. And by the end of the evening, I felt really good. <laughs> And I didn't go back to that doctor. I went to a, I got a recommendation from, from um, a friend for a woman who was a new age um, oriented psychologist. And I went to go see her and talk about going from the yang to the yin. Um, I walk in the door. She didn't do anything free up front. I, you know, I had to pay my 60 bucks for the first hour with her. And at the end she went, well, you know, you've cracked your, 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 you've cracked your psychic centers wide open. She said, I'm not worried about any of the visions and out-of-body stuff. She said, you know, it's not usual, but it's just a sign you're evolving. You know, so she said, you know, I think you've got some issues around your stepfather that really needs addressing. And so, why don't, you know, I'd suggest six months, you know, we'll meet an hour a week for six months. And I think you're, you know, good to go. So what a, what a an astounding difference in viewpoint. You know, the masculine had me locked in a box because it was all about what's physical and the show me and the proof is is in the physical realm only and what you can see, feel, hear, smell, you know, the five senses. And um, and the feminine, which is all about the intuitive, holistic, um, non-linear um, orientation was just like, Oh, everything is fine. You're in expansion mode, darling. You're going within. You're accessing the unseen element of human. And so that was really my first foray, even though I didn't know it. That was my first foray into the feminine when I started into those realms and trusting them and understanding that inner voice as equally valid as anything I'd learned in the um, more masculine, uh, linear, external world. And as people are awakening, Kate, and you went through that 
challenging experience of the lower astral. What what advice do you have for those people who who may engage with that when their Kundalini energies activate? And also, how did you uh, learn to master that realm? Whoa! Nobody's asked me that. Um, <laughs> That's me. Uh, well, it was a process. It wasn't anything overnight um, because I had a lot of fear in me. We all do. Every human being has fear in them, and, and fear is not a bad thing. It's very healthy in many respects. Um, I found that when I got into those arenas uh, that what usually pulled me out of it was my own spirit, my own I always hesitate to say higher self because it's just myself, but it's that 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 heart, that love, that space just would open up and flower in me, and then I would find myself back in my body. And all the monsters and the astral creatures would just, like, run away from the light instantaneously. Um, back in those days, though, however, I wasn't so much concerned with how to manage it as I was to not go there. So, you know, my answer when I was in my 30s to a great degree was just to slam my psychic doors shut um i can't say that i healed it and went through that passageway in a healthy manner back then um 30 28 28 years later i know i have dealt with it because i've done a lot of conscious energy work i know how to pull my energy up through my chakras um and so you know for example when i was down in south america uh working with shamans there's a lot most of all of that work is all on the astral level from the lowest of the low to the highest of the high and you know and there's a lot more going on after the astral levels and so I, I was really surprised because I had demons and, and all sorts of crap come at me in some of the ayahuasca ceremonies that I did. And I just laughed. It, it was just like, it was just like, oh, you guys, right. <laughs> you, you know, you have no power over me. You're just operating in your arena and that's fine, but that's not my arena anymore. So, you know, just gradually just living life and continuing on my path. And not paying a whole lot of credence or credibility and getting all caught up in that, you know, is it, we really, really love the exotic, you know, conversation about, oh, I was out of body and I had this demon and da, 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 da. You can flush yourself down the tubes with that conversation. You end up giving it way too much attention and power. It's just other realms and they're not pleasant, just like there are a lot of unpleasant people in the world. And so it was like I kind of like unconsciously rescued myself out of that by just not paying it much attention and moving on with my life and cleaning out my own closet and and becoming more familiar familiar with energy territories. So that by the time, you know, 28 years later that I addressed dark energies again, it was just like, oh, yeah, you guys, I don't even believe in you guys anymore. I just know what you are and, and, and you mean nothing to me. And so I didn't give any energy to them and they had no hook on me. Now, one of the things that happened, which was absolutely fascinating for me in, in, in following this unfolding of, of you towards this uh, embodying the sacred feminine, is that you actually moved at one point into a world without men yeah. and, and sort of going to the other extreme. So, so explain that a little bit. Um. How, how old was I? Fifty. I don't even know how old I was. Um, I fell in love with my best friend, who was a woman, um, and she was a lesbian, and she was in a an unpleasant relationship. And I was getting divorced from my third husband, and we just were best buds, and we just commiserated, and we 
wanted to travel together and and we just hung out and talked more and more and more and and then one day I realized I was in love with her I was in love with her spirit and her mind and she was the most spiritually oriented person I'd ever met and the most enthusiastic for life and and I just went oh my god here's my here's my partner and it freaked me out because I'm totally wired sexually to be attracted to men I am not attracted to women but I had been spending so many years in spiritual school and spiritual mindset of, you know, this whole aspect of what's higher, what higher love is about. And so you can't help but in our spiritual, you know, based in the old Puritan traditions, um, we're still dealing with all that stuff in us about, you know, basically body bad, God good. You know, we've got that dichotomy in us, no matter how deeply buried it might be and unconscious still. We still, even in the sexually awakened um, world of ours, have a lot of judgment against the body. Um, and me especially so, since I was striving to be quote-unquote spiritual, so highly spiritual. So when I fell in love with Tess, it was, I thought it was the manifestation of higher love. I had finally moved into my heart center. I was no longer connected to my sexual base chakra, and I was evolved. So it was all very higher, higher oriented, and I was like, and I was intoxicated, and we were in love, and it was great. What I didn't know until I read, until I read the book, until I wrote the book, <laughs> you know, because the whole book was based on, around in my conversation with myself having some questions like, what is the feminine? What is a woman? What is woman's power and how have I missed out on it? I mean, how do, and why do I even have to ask this question? I had gone back through my whole life and the book, Unearthing Venus, my search for the woman within, is exactly that examination and the, the, the pair of glasses, the lens that I started examining my entire life through to come up with answers to those questions. And when I got to the chapter in my life when I fell in love with a woman and ended up, Tess and I lived together for 11 years. Um, and had a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And, uh, and what I finally realized, Peter, was like I was so divorced from my own feminine nature. I had been so raised in a masculine culture to think like a man, act like a man, make set goals like a man, be sexual like a man, that I had completely lost. I had never, I hadn't lost track of the feminine. I didn't have a clue what it was from the get go. And so my foray into loving a woman was my first foray into loving my own feminine self. Beautiful. So, so in some ways, she was a reflection of your own emerging sacred feminine. Absolutely. She was my projection of the sacred feminine. And it was safely outside of myself so that I could love it and dance around it and make love with it and do and and then finally god all those years later writing the book realize oh oh my god that was me i was falling in love with so that came to that came to you while you were writing the book rather than during the relationship then absolutely oh wow it's a a beautiful moment in the book for for me when i was reading that to understand that's what it was because that's obviously what it is it's beautiful (laughs) so we've got to take our next break now kate it's peter tongue for awakening to conscious co-creation this is the voice america seventh wave channel 
Explore subconscious programs, belief systems, and past life memories that may be sabotaging your life. Join host Dorian Light on her show, All About You, as she helps you to shift change and heal your life. Each week, Dorian does a light session using psychic energetics and the language of light to energetically shift and clear negative patterns you have stored regarding that week's topics. Step into the realm of infinite possibilities for your life. All About You airs live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tan. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows. Sherry Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful Lake Tahoe, Nevada and Reno, Nevada. And also to thank the great team at Voice America, Matt, our regular engineer for the show and my uh, production director, that is uh, Brandy Jackson. Voice America offering us the opportunity to bring such great guests to you to listen to and to embody and go on your own awakening journey because this is all about each of us following our own journey. And part of your journey, Kate, clearly was the actual writing of the book and some of the revelations that actually took place in writing it. Just tell our listeners a bit about that. <laughs> um. You know, I had actually tried to write a book about masculine-feminine dynamics ever since I, I had been awakened to the conversation about the lack of feminine um, attributes in my own being when I was working for Indian Country Today and I was doing an article and interviewing a man and got into a conversation about the Schwa tribe down in Amazon and the balance of masculine and feminine and how those people handled the the masculine traits and dynamics and strengths and weaknesses and balanced out well together and that put me on the whole quest to do the book and i had tried to write about male and female dynamics but i was coming at it from a left brain journalism point of view i was a journalist and i was fascinated by you know the feminine but i didn't understand the feminine and i didn't even know what it was i knew it was important and so i tried to take a left brain male approach to it because it was the way i'd been raised i didn't 
know any other way. And I'd get to chapter four every time. I tried like three times to write a book, and it just went nowhere. And it wasn't until I met Sadhguru Jaggi Vasudev, um, uh, a uh, Indian guru who was the founder of Isha, who was talking about the goddess and the need for the West to open its heart to the more feminine gateways of intuition and love and compassion. And he is from southern India, and he has an ashram here in the United States. And he's totally about bringing the feminine energies and awakening the West to the goddess energies and to love. Because he said, you know, you look around the world, and and the world looks to the United States still as as a world leader and everybody in the third world nations wants to go where the americans have gone you know they want the 42 inch screen tvs and the reeboks and and the big houses and and he said if the whole world goes the way america has gone and america doesn't open her heart and start leading from compassion and caring the whole world is going to go over the cliff so when he said that, I was like, oh, good, I can write a book about what he wants to say. So I approached him. He said, um, you know, yes, I'd like to do a book on the feminine. I'm like, great. My little masculine mind goes great. I can put a check mark next to a book on the feminine. We met. We had our first interview. And in that interview, he asked me the one question. He said, what do you know about woman? And I was back to freaking square one going, <laughs> I don't know. And <laughs> horrified to admit it and and terrified at the same time because, well, what is this going to do? And so he just looked at me and he just said, you know, I don't want to do an interview with you. He said, you need to go write a, you need to go write a story. So he put it all back on me. And in that, you know, and so I, I went and I sat for two weeks in, my, in where I was living and begging the universe for a story. And all, the only thing that kept showing up was that I needed to write a memoir. I needed to write my own story, which horrified me because I was a left brain, you know, journalist who'd never used the I pronoun in my life. And so that began the journey of writing the book Unearthing Venus, which was about unearthing the feminine within me, was which was what was so desperately critically needed for me to start becoming an integrated whole functioning human being. And when I started to write my own story, I, you know, I would go back and I would hit places like, um, you know, I, I talk about it, I describe a date rape that happened to me in college. And my first pass writing it, you know, a friend read it and went, well, this is pretty dry. And I went, what do you mean it was dry? It's like, well, it, there's no emotion to it. Well, I didn't want to connect with those moments. I didn't want to connect with my, my stepfather's verbal abuse. I didn't want to have to go through and feel all those things. But going back, Writing the book enabled me, it forced me to go into the depths of all of that pain and joy and suffering and confusion and enlightenment and unearth it in myself and not be afraid to go into those dark places that we've been trained to turn our back on and to unearth those emotional programs and let it be okay and see it through new light, see it through the eyes of a 58-year-old woman rather than a wounded child. And so it was just an enormous, it's an ongoing journey, Peter. It's, this book is teaching me so much. Now, as I, as I said on the break, it's my guru. It's, I'm having to live up to what I understood and wrote when I was investigating in those pages. And I think one of the most fascinating things to me was that I realized the importance of everyone going into these feminine, intuitive, emotional feelings, felt sense-based 
you can't put your finger on it. You can't see it, sense it, block it in a box. It's not about structure. It's not about logic. It's about that whole other expansive capacity that we have for knowing on an entirely different level. But with that knowing, it comes at a price. And the price is knowing the rest of us and, and, and how much we've had to set aside to live life as only a left brain functioning structured logical person. We've got to open up the whole bandwagon to go into the darkness within us. And, you know, the feminine has always been associated with darkness and the masculine always has been associated with the light. And I was amazed and astounded to realize that so much of the Christian ethos, the Abrahamic religions, have extended the, the bias towards the masculine all the way through the New Age movement. The New Age movement is a very masculine movement in a lot of ways, which I found shocking. It's because it's so focused on the light, the positive. Well, the positive polarity is the masculine polarity. And the light is abstract, and it's outside of us, and it's not grounded, and it's not about the body. And there was, I realized there was this stunning still degree of separation between spirit and body in my mind, and that I was still wrestling with the two, still trying to somehow bring them together. Well, the only way you can bring spirit and flesh together is to ground into your body and ground into your emotions and feel that connection. So one of the, the big turning points, again, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, was the experience with the South American shaman. Mm-hmm. So just, just develop that a little bit a bit more for us. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I ended up going, when my relationship with Tess broke up, I ended up going to South America and studying with shamans in Peru and in Ecuador. And the first medicine that the shamans introduced me to was ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is a feminine plant medicine. She's um, um, taken from the ayahuasca vine in the Amazon. And um, they use this feminine plant uh, mixed with many, many other plants, depending on on the healing nature of the people involved in the ceremony. And they use ayahuasca initially because she is the feminine plant. And as the feminine medicine, she heals the mind. Which is where we're caught in Western society. We're caught in our mind. We're caught in the masculine abstract mode of expression. And all of, all of these ideas about who we are and what we're supposed to be and how we are, that has to be healed. And that's, of course, you know, our attitudes and our minds and our thoughts, of course, impact our body. And so much of our physical healing has to start with the mind first. So I was doing ayahuasca in my very, very first seminary, a seminary, my very first ceremony. Oh, my God, Peter, it took me so deep into my body and into a genetic inheritance of the wounded feminine. That it was the that you talked earlier about a vibrational field of the wounded goddess of the wounded feminine, which has been the female, which has been put aside and and criticized and raped and abused and owned and used as property and chattel, and it's just like you can't put aside five thousand years of abuse and go, oh well, we're all healed because we've been liberated since nineteen fifty, you know. It doesn't work like that. We're only beginning to see the tip of the iceberg. So when I went into this ceremony and I started to go into where ayahuasca took me, I didn't want to consciously go there. She took me. And I unearthed these so many of these old wounds on a psychic level that were embedded in my energy field, embedded in my genetics, embedded in my cells, and had to release those. 
And it wasn't like I had to do any conscious work. You know, again, it's not about the mind fixing any of this. It was just tapping into it and feeling that pain of eons that was in me. It was killing me. It killed my mother. I mean, she died of a heart attack at 66 and my grandmother at 65 with Parkinson's disease. It was like, wow, I didn't even know it was in me. So going within and into the body and into the emotions and into all that that's stamped on us and letting it go. All you have to do is see it. All you have to do is feel it. And then it's gone. It's been acknowledged. And then it can be released and we can move on. And there, and there is that link uh, that I'm aware of in the work that I do with cancer in a very similar way for women in the lineage of the family. Uh-huh. So it's the same process, isn't it? It's, it's carrying this, this wound, these scars deep within, often in the womb space, actually, yeah. um, and which that needs to be acknowledged and recognized and brought home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so much of what the book has been teaching me, Peter, in this last, since I, since I completed it and since it got published, has been this not afraid to go into these dark places and, um, and go into the body. And so my, you know, my, med- my whole meditation focus, my whole meditation has changed. Um, number one, I actually don't even feel like so much that I need to meditate anymore. It's just kind of like life is its own walking meditation. Um, but when I do, I don't try to get out of my body anymore and get out there to God and my spiritual higher self. I go into my body and feel my connection in the life force and in the life field. And, you know, I, I go into that. I guess I go into that quantum space where everything is one and connected. And it's fascinating because now going within has, you know, you, you end up at the same place as when you went, tried to get out there uh, to God, except now you're in the, you're in the picture. I'm in the picture now when I meditate. My body is in the picture. My connection to the world is in the picture. So I think this is a really important point for our listeners to understand because there is a tendency, again, through the New Age movement typically, to feel that to have this connection to source and to God is to have this out-of-body experience, to leave the body and have these glorious experiences out in the universe when in fact what we're really supposed to be doing to really connect at a deeper level is to embody more of our spiritual self into physical form by going deep within, which is what you're talking about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and fundamentally, we're not embodying our spirit in form at all. Our, our spirit is already embodied. And so what we need, it's a matter of recognition. It's a matter of taking the, and, and turn, as you say, turning from looking outside and turning to look inside. Um, and then that makes all the difference because once you turn within, you, you, there's the same universal infinite vista within as there is looking without, except, boy, the big difference has been when I look within, I'm in the picture. My body's there. All of life is there. And it's like, oh, my God. And that heals the split. That heals the mind-body-spirit split. Okay, we've come up to our final break. We'll take that now. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. 
Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I have with me today Kate Montana, who's written a great book called Unearthing Venus, My Search for the Woman Within. And you've got a lovely uh, quote, Kate, from Kathleen McGowan, who has been on this show and has written three wonderful books. And she says, inspiring and utterly entertaining, I couldn't put it down and didn't want it to end. You can't get a better uh, reference than that. Congratulations, no. <laughs> Kate. <laughs> so, so just tell our listeners how they can make contact with you or how they can get hold of the book. Absolutely, Peter. Um, they can go to my website, which is www.unearthingvenus.com. Um, I can be reached personally at Kate, and that's Kate with a C, C-A-T-E at katemontana.com. And, of course, the book is um, in bookstores. It's uh, amazon.com, um, Barnes Noble, etc. Fantastic. Now, I'm always interested when you complete a book, as you did, um, what happened next, because inevitably having created this vortex of energy around the book other things then take place so so what happened to you <laughs> you do ask big questions <laughs> um you know i i end the book and i'm not giving anything away by this it, coming to a place of of trust and and a recognition that life is a process that we can trust you know i, I i've noticed in the new age movement of which i've been so much a part for the last 30 years um you know it's all about well my higher self will take care of me or the universe will take care of me or whatever it is and it's this very nebulous out there abstract you know concept that we really lean on very heavily and what i was left with at the end of the journey of where the book took me was recognizing that you know to hell with that life is going to take care of me life in the body my body will take care of me life will take care of me i can trust what happens and what shows up and it was really really easy to write that and to live that is really really hard <laughs> um because, you know, fundamentally, we don't trust the body. 
you know, you, you, you fall down when you're roller skating and you scrape your knee, you break your wrist, you, you have this happen, you have that happen, you know, somebody calls your names and hurts your feelings, you know, you get wounded in a relationship, you're raped, you're abused, you're you know, incest, on and on, there's so many, war, there's so many reasons not to trust the body and not to trust life. And, 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 it, and to ask people to do that is, is, is asking a lot. <laughs> and I, but I've asked it of myself. And, and so um, I've been, so I've tottered down the road of my own life in the last couple of years. And some things that have shown up have been astounding. Um, I ended up falling in love with a, a much younger man who it was a musician and, and, and I, I write music and, and, <laughs> and we had an amazing connection on, on a spiritual heart love. I mean, we just loved each other. Um, but he, he turned out he was a um, fundamentalist Christian. And, you know, he was even talking the I will marry you um, thing as long as, you know, and here was the final card that he put on the table after a year and a half of, of you know, just having a really lovely time together and we just love and admire one another. He said, you know, basically you've got to accept Jesus and come to God through the narrow gateway of Christ. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no wonder he hid this from me for a year and a half. And But what the opportunity was is that it enabled me, and I tried to go there for him because I was so in love. And the level to which I was capable of abnegating, just letting my whole life go, I was ready to let my work go and, and work for him and, 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 and his music and support him and market him. Um, I was ready to let go my whole New Age family because it wouldn't fit within his Christian family. I was ready to let go everything I was, Peter. And it was so shocking to me that, that as a woman, I could take myself to such a place of utter self-abandonment and devotion to another. And, and, it was in the, and there was no price too high except the one he asked, which was ultimately to turn my back on what I had absolutely understood about the divine nature. And what I had understood, and it's certainly not for me to point the finger at what anybody understands and embraces in, in their spiritual kingdom as to what's appropriate for them. And I didn't point any fingers at him. It simply didn't work for me. Um, but I, in the process of, of loving him, I investigated the Judeo-Christian Abrahamic religions and the foundation and really grasp the foundation of fear that underlies, that underpins that whole thing about, about only being able to go through Jesus. And it was all about the external God, again, being the, the savior of us miserable creations. And, and I was able to see so much of the fear-based, Peter, of the of that whole thought process that is that masculine mindset that locks everything in a box, structures it, got out there, humans down here to figure it out. We've got to have these different religious ideas and we get stuck in these places. And so what the book did, Trusting Life, oh my God, what a, a bizarre place it took me of all things. But what I learned about the feminine and its ability to love and self-sacrifice and the positive aspect of that and the dark shadowed aspect of that, which I would give my whole being away 
to another was horrifying to, to wake up to. That was in me. I'm 60 years old and I've written books and I've been in the new way and I, and I promoted what the bleep do we know, you know, and I'm doing this. <laughs> but this is, this is how life works. It, uh, if we let it lead, it brings us to the places so that we can have experiences that will awaken us to what's locked inside us that we don't know about ourselves and about life. But you ultimately gave yourself the ultimate challenge, didn't you, of, 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 this, of this balance or the extremes of? The extremes of it. The extremes of it. So now what, what is the, you know, one of the fascinating things I, I, I got out of that was, was that there is a, you know, bhakti yoga is, is one path to God in the Eastern um, um, mindset. And, and in mostly women follow the bhakti path because it is the path of devotion. It's the utter giving up of, of the personal self in devotion to the guru, to Shakti, to Shiva, to whoever. And there's nothing left of the self. Well, that is the ultimate uh, goal, if you will. Well, it's not even the goal of enlightenment. People want to be enlightened as themselves. I wanted to be enlightened as Kate Montana. Um, it, it came as a rude awakening to realize that enlightenment was the absence of Kate Montana. <laughs> um, and and so so I kind of like backed into the whole understanding about this devotional surrender of self, including self-identity, who you think you are, who you think you know, who you are with, all of those things. And I understood the devotional path and that sundering and surrendering of personal identity and giving it up. And I was like, oh, my. And, you know, you could give it up to a man and, 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 and find bliss. You could give it up to a guru. You could give it up. To, yeah. Because once we give up that attachment to who and what we think we are, then, like rolling thunder, that which we truly are just exposes itself. It just rolls up through us. Like, it's just like, oh, wow, that intoxicating tidal wave of I am. Kate, we're actually at the end of our time. It's a, it's a great conclusion. I, I love, I think a line that we either spoke about or is in the book, but about the confusion of devotion to the divine rather than devotion for the man without, which I, yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, I, and you've really put together a wonderful show today and you've given us all a, a lot to consider and think about, but not think about, but to actually be and embody all these energies that you've, uh, you've realized yourself. So congratulations on your journey. You're doing a great job. And, Peters, uh, thank you. It's, really, it's taking really me for a ride. It's taking me for a ride. Oh, well, you're having a great ride. And I really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show with Kate Montana and this really uh, great book that I strongly recommend, Unearthing Venus. Uh, my guest next week is Judy Hall, uh, a well-known crystal uh, investigator in Great Britain and her latest book is called Crystal Prescriptions and she'll be talking about using crystals to help us on our awakening journey as well as uh, using those crystals and their vibrations to assist us through any illnesses or situations that we find challenging. So I hope you'll join me next week with Judy Hall. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.